The home of the Flyers, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. You know, as the great American poets, boys to men, once said, and now we've come to the end of the road. Yeah. Or something like that, because Mm -hmm. that's how I feel after this clunker. Dayton, a loser, 66-43. They tie a school record for fewest points and a half with, do not adjust your radios here, 13. That's a mark they also hit against, at the time, the number 20 Temple Owls in February of 2010 and Brian Gregory's second to last year here at Dayton. They also scored 13 in that half. The perspective, of course, for that game with the Owls is Temple only scored 19 in that half. Dayton found themselves in a 33-13, a 20-point hole at the break. And as Larry Hanskin mentioned just a few minutes ago here on our air, they never made a run in the second half, John Tisdale, and they get thumped and thoroughly embarrassed with a 23-point loss at VCU, 66-43. Yeah, I think there's there's no other way really to put it. And their worst loss, you know, since, what, 2018? And I think that was the Rhode Island game. Rhode Island they game. lost at Rhode Island 81-56. to That was their wor- the wor- worst loss in three years. So that, that that's – look, we – Larry and Brooks went through the stats, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. It just – Dayton could not make shots. And yes, I'll give – you give VCU credit. Their defense, Johnny, to me, is legit. Their defense – played well. Dayton goes 6-28 from the field in the first half. 0-8 for 3. And Bones Highland, he's a dude. We we use the term dude. He is a dude. Uh, he, he will be a candidate. for. He could be candidate for 8-10 player of the year this year. He is that good. And their size gives people problems. But for Dayton to win, and you and I have talked about this, Dayton needs games, solid performances from Jalen and from Ibby. And you got Mustafa Amzil. Yeah. And to say they didn't tonight, they only made a combined, those three combined four field goals. I think four of 25. They just did not have it tonight. Jordy played his rear end off 10 points. You know, Jalen, I think, was on the bench, I think, almost for the last nine, 10 minutes of this game. And the freshman finished the game off, I think, the last four or five minutes off. The yeah. offensive futility was staggering. I mean, we talked about how they did something in the first half that they haven't done in more than a decade. It's been 11 years since they've scored those that few points in a half with 13 and I keep thinking of something that I can't take credit for because one of my buddies tweeted it but I laughed out loud because it's funny because it's true and that is imagine how bad this would have been if VCU was actually any good (laughs) yeah right I mean you got to give VCU credit for just smacking defense was good their defense was good yes but offensively and I mean is it on one hand, I look at this and think, okay, this is a Dayton team this year that has lost to LaSalle and Fordham, two of the worst, maybe the worst team in the league in Fordham uh, so far this year. So they lost to some cellar dwellers. So yeah. on one hand, is this all that surprising? No, because the effort really wasn't there tonight. But then on the other hand, man, to get just drubbed like this, Tiz, to score 13 points and a half, that's, that's shocking. Yeah. That's not supposed to happen. No. To be down 20 and a half and then just to get – Boat raced again in the second half and end up with a 66-43 loss, a 23-point drubbing. I mean, that's that's jarring for Dayton fans to see, even after some of the bad losses they've already dropped this year. Um, something they brought up on the TV side of the broadcast was that since, and this has come up a lot in the last few years as this Dayton and VCU rivalry has developed, since VCU has joined the league, these two teams, Dayton and VCU, are top two in the number of A-10 wins 
since VCU joined the league. Yeah. So often they play twice a year. They are often heavyweight bouts with things like A10 titles and at large A10 regular season titles and at large NCAA berths on the line. This was not one of those games. No. Um, but as Brooks and Larry mentioned, VCU was the only team today that made this look like any sort of rivalry that these two teams have had both on the court and with their fans going at it on social media since the Richmond Rams came into the A10 today because I mean tis VCU man they just waxed the floor over at the Siegel Center with this Flyers team today just really hard to watch and it I mean we mentioned how bad historically this is fewest points scored and a half since yeah February of 2010 against Temple this smacks to me of that awful game the following fall in Brian Gregory's final year here at UD against oh, UC yeah. Yeah. where I remember doing that feedback tis that's been so long you and I did that show from our old building exactly over on Wilmington Avenue yeah and I remember doing that show and this smacks to me of that just thinking like what in the hell just happened <laughs> well and the thing that's even so bad about it, I don't think Dayton had anybody in double figures that night that's the thing that's how bad I mean you had you had uh, M. Wokeji with 10 points, Jordy with 10 points, but just Dayton could not, they couldn't get anything going offensively. It just seemed, John, I don't know how you felt watching the game. I just felt there was no ball, there was not not just the ball movement, but they weren't moving the ball around, and VCU's defense with their size, and it's not that these guys are 7 foot or 6 at 9, but they're, they're, they play at arm's length. It's like the mid-court version of Havoc. And they like to also force the turnovers. And as Larry said, it works we're talking about during just a moment ago, Dayton had 14 turnovers. That's not awful. That's not terrible. Well, especially I mean, for a, this Dayton team. Well, yeah, and they've had their share of problems. But, I mean, that that wasn't the issue. I mean, the offensive rebounds has been a problem all year. And, and the Rams just slaughtered the living daylight out of them. 14 rebounds. Uh, and it led to, what, 11 second-chance points. But, you know, in terms of VCU offensively, the only guy I was impressed with was Bones Highland. And don't get me wrong, VCU won this basketball game. But for the Flyers to win, you know, Crutcher, four points, two of seven. He was the reigning A-10 player of the week, and VCU shut him down. He was double-teamed the entire game. It'd be Watson, two of ten, no answer. Mustafa Amzio, 0 of eight. Uh, they, he, had, he couldn't get going. And probably the only guy who I seem seem to bring the good energy, just to me, R.J. Blakeney with seven points. But it's just we're trying to like find stuff that you know we try to be the glass half full. But this is, yeah, this just ranks as one well, of the I think worst we try ones. To, I wouldn't say we're, we try to be glass half full on this show. Well, we I like to call we, it as it is. What we try to be on this show is pragmatic. And there's, I mean, I'll be honest, I got to show highlights of this thing for eleven o'clock on New Center Seven. I'm not sure, Tizzy, what I even play from this Dayton team. Yeah, I mean, when you got Larry talking about our move of the game. <laughs> It's, it's getting Jalen Crutcher some rest. That puts things in perspective. Yeah. No dunk of the game because there wasn't any. No. I mean, it was just, boy, this is hard. This It was hard to watch, and it's it's hard to swallow. Yeah. And I think this season as a whole has become increasingly hard to take for, for Dayton fans, especially coming on the heels of the season of dreams. 457-1290 is the number, or you can tweet me at jbedlwhio. Jump in my mentions. I may read your tweet on the air as we await the live post-game comments of Dayton head coach Anthony Grant after the 66-43 Dayton loss at VCU today, a 23-point drubbing. Andrew on Twitter says, you play soft against these guys, this is what you get. 
Mike on Twitter says, I'm sure the effort you guys will put in for the feedback show will exceed the team's effort on the court today. <laughs> Dayton Loud on Twitter says, got a replay you can air when I joked about, you know, do we maybe just play yakety sacks instead of, you know, doing this. Uh, JT on Twitter says, terrible game. Talk about getting something I can't say on the air, but beat very badly. Darn. So, uh, you know, I think the finger on the pulse of the fan base is you can tell that people were uh, frustrated having to listen and watch uh, this effort tonight is yeah. because, as we mentioned, I mean, they, this is bad. the offensive utility something you haven't done in 11 years. Uh, there was a point where you got people look, digging into this, the media guide stat book throughout the game wondering, is this team going to break 30? Is Tiz has got a copy right here in the, <laughs> in the studio. Years I got. You know, you had, you had the, some of my buddies I had that were really into stats digging through the media guide during the game saying, are they going to get to 30 even? Are they going to break 30? And when yeah. was the last time they didn't do that? Yeah. I mean, yikes. You got I, freshmen playing all the last four minutes of the game, and you know, yeah. obviously, deservedly so, with the kind of effort and the situation they were in. You, you can't blame Anthony and his staff for just pulling the plug and playing those freshmen no, for the last four no, minutes no. when you got you know Jalen Crutcher and Ibby Watson, what second and third in the country mm-hmm. in terms of minutes played. Yeah, give them some rest and just kind of you throw in the towel at that point because what is there to do? Um, but man, just this game, ooh, yeah. it's rough. I, you know, it's. It's different than LaSalle and Fordham, but I don't know if it's a whole lot less, if it's a whole lot more frustrating. It's equally as frustrating as those two in it a different is. kind of way, but man, yeah. this is woo. Uh, it, it, it's bad enough when you lose. Look, losing to LaSalle and Fordham to me should not have happened. I, although I will say this what, didn't LaSalle beat uh, Richmond today? They did. So that I, I'm feeling a little, little less bad about that loss. It still shouldn't have happened, but look. <sighs> I think we're so frustrated because, you know, we're coming off the season of dreams and we're all, you know, we were all so, we're all so crushed at the way it ended. We're like, okay, maybe we got a shot to build up for that. And the reality is we knew that that wasn't going to happen, but now reality is setting in and John, it's not a fun reality that this was going to be a season where you got veteran, the veteran core that's been good, but then you got guys um, that haven't played. You remember Chase Johnson, um, left the program because of health reasons. Right. They've had the um, injury bug bite. They've hard. been hit the yeah. injury bug as well. They Luke Frazier just played his first minutes of the season today. And you, you go through even the list even more. RJ Blakeney just got back from, from injury. Kobe Brea. Kobe Brea. He's only played six games. So these guys you got are Rodney learning. Chapman out six exactly. to eight weeks with Rod- a wrist injury. That's yeah. the other thing. No Rodney Chapman. And here's the other thing also we 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 have not talked about this. There is no Dwayne Cohill. How big was yeah, he and thing, that that's the other thing. This is a team that misses him because he's someone who can spell uh, Jalen Crutcher. And remember, his play in last year's game at Richmond was enormous. They don't win that game in Richmond last year without Dwayne. And not having him, we we knew it was going to hurt. Johnny, I don't yeah. think we thought it was going to really hurt this much. Yeah, and not really. Those are not excuses for no, what's going no, on. No, 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 we're not. We're not making You know, excuses. you offer that for perspective and as reasons as to why some of this is going on. But even today, I mean, they're, they've gotten healthy enough where this kind of effort's got nothing to do with injuries no. and whatnot. It's it's just really, really hard to swallow. What You know, what is a rivalry game? It People, is. This Dayton fan base gets fired up for VCU, right. and the same happens down in Richmond for Rams fans. They get just as worked up because, as we mentioned, these are often knockdown, drag-out fights between these two programs with oftentimes when they meet, a lot on the line, right? I mean, Dayton was the number five team in the country the last time these two teams yeah. met earlier, about a yeah. year ago. Uh, this this was far from it with with anything on the line in terms of, you know, 
you know, regular season, A-10 titles and, and NCAA tournament berth implications, right. that's way out the window for Dayton. Yeah. We've known that for a few weeks now. Right, right. Um, but to see Dayton with this kind of effort against a game that is a rivalry game is is tough to tough to stomach. So this is yeah. Flyer Feedback with John Bedell and John Tisdale as we await the live post-game comments of Dayton head coach Anthony Grant after the 66-43 Dayton loss at VCU. Drops the Flyers to 8-4 and four overall, 4-3 uh, and three now in A-10 play. I should mention that Flyer Feedback is sponsored by Flanagan's Pub and Bud Light. A place and a thing I wish we could be and be having right now after <laughs> this sort of yeah. this sort of Dayton loss, Tiz. 23-point yeah. blowout, and it wasn't yeah. even that close. No, no. And I think the only reason it got closer because of the last of baskets in the final moments of that game, of the uh, because Dayton was able to score the last seven points, and really the game was over by then. I mean, look, Bones Highland was out of the game after he scored 28 points, and he did. Uh, Dayton just had no answer. I think how bad of a night was it off a missed free throw? The ball bounced to him, and he buried a three. That's how bad the night was for the Dayton Flyers because just everything that could go wrong almost went wrong. Well, and, and as Brooks is saying, and it, when he and Larry were talking in post game, is that when you got VCU just clowning, I mean, clowning on Dayton yeah, in the closing minutes and garbage that. time, you know, it's as bad as it was. And when you look at the VCU Twitter account, their men, their their official men's basketball account, whoever runs that thing, I got to admit, is pretty savvy. They got a pretty good social media yeah, team they do. in Richmond. They do. And when they're tweeting some of the things, the, the comments they're tweeting with some of the videos and the highlights, like, hey, Siri, show me what falling asleep on defense looks like. I mean... They're just rubbing it in Dayton's faces. And yeah. you know what? If you're a Dayton fan, all you can do is eat the you-know-what burger tonight. Yeah. Because you just got boat you raced. Got bumped. Absolutely Dayton boat got raced. Bumped tonight, down in Richmond the tonight. They get, they I mean, got, what are you going to do? Nothing. You know what? You just, you're going to grin and bear it. That's all you can do because the Flyers got dumped. They went down. The only good, one of the few good things, at least it wasn't in front of 7,600 fans. I think it was, what, not even 250. It was supposed yeah. to be 250 because the, the attendance is limited. And uh, I think it was even more so limited because uh, they're they're having more COVID issues in Virginia because the positivity rates has gotten higher in recent weeks. But look, be it as it may, Dayton never led in this game. Uh, This game was over from the word go. I mean, it was down 5-4 and then just... You know the run in the second in the first half. I think it was what a fifteen. I think it was a twelve zero run that I had it, where they led seventeen to four after the uh, under twelve timeout. Yeah, they were down thirteen before he even knew what was yeah, going on. Absolutely. I mean, that's just it, the game was over right then and there, and just Dayton just could not get it going. The only person there was Jordy, and just no answer on the boards. I mean, that's. I mean, we talk about the turnovers, the rebounds were the issue. That that's been that's been a problem for the Flyers all year. And it really came back and really bit them uh, tonight. And, you know, in terms of, you know, it's a rivalry thing, because you've said this before. It's not that Dayton, I don't think, was ready to go against VCU. They know what's at stake when you play VCU, okay? Coach Grant coached there, all right? When Dayton and VCU come come together, John, you mentioned this. You've got NCAA tournament. Let's pick up on that one. uh, What does Dayton head coach Anthony Grant think about this 66-43 Dayton loss at VCU? Well, you're about to find out because he is live with Larry Hanskin with his thoughts on this thumping on the other side of this break right here on the Home of the Flyers. The Home of the Flyers, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. The Home of the Flyers, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Larry Hanskin back here in the Bud Light Flyer Broadcast Center in Dayton. The Flyers in Richmond, Virginia, falling to the Rams of VCU 66-43. We're joined by head coach Anthony Grant 
here uh, following a, a very a tough loss in that uh, your Dayton team did not play well. And obviously, uh, the first half offensively, was it a case of not getting good shots or, or not making shots or both? Yeah, well, to say we didn't play well is an understatement. You know, tonight, uh, you know, uh, we, we were outplayed, uh, uh, you know, the from an offensive standpoint. Uh, you know, when you shoot 21% from the field and don't make a three and get to the free throw line uh, only only two times, uh, you know, you're going to have a rough night. And I, I thought, um, you know, defensively uh, in the first half, outside of, you know, the second shots, which were a major problem, uh, our first shot defense was actually pretty good. We just couldn't manufacture, couldn't generate offense. And, you know, you can look across the box score and, and see uh, – you know, tonight was a was a very very tough night for us as a team, offensively. And DCU took advantage of it. You were obviously out executed. Uh, do you feel like your guys got out competed at times in this game? Well, this is a game. I don't know if it's so much about execution as it is about you know being able to take advantage of, of what what's available. You know, uh, uh, you know, you you can uh, when when you deal with with young people, you know, it, you can. You can, I guess, at times think that things are are really, really good, or you can think things are really, really bad. This is this is one game. I, as a coach, I've got to be able to to, to keep it balanced. I, I thought we we did get out competed today. I thought we didn't execute uh, to the game plan in terms of what VCU uh, is, is known to do. Uh, uh, I thought uh, when we got shots. Uh, we weren't able to, to finish plays, whether it was around the basket, whether it was open threes. Um, you know, we we uh, we hung our heads. Uh, I thought after you know we faced some adversity, and uh, that just magnified uh, the issues that we were having. Uh, so you know, like I said, it's one game. Hopefully, we can we can uh, learn from this. We've got a quick turnaround against arguably the best team in the league uh, at their place uh, coming up. Uh, so a lot of the things that you know we saw today in terms of physicality, in terms of the competitiveness, we'll have to answer that bell in a quick turnaround here on Tuesday. Obviously, as you said, a chance to learn, and not just for your veterans, but this is a real. If I'm, if you can take away something, this is an opportunity for young guys to learn what it takes to play at this level. No, no question, and, and I think uh, you know hopefully uh, that lesson will be received. Um, you know, sometimes as, as a young guy, you see other guys going out there and you think, uh, you, you know, you think it's, it's maybe not as difficult as it is. And, you know, I, I think we talked about this during the week is that it would, it would be very difficult for us to, to uh, duplicate what we were going to see today in terms of the physicality and the athleticism uh, on, with, with our scout team and on a daily basis in practice. And so trying to learn it through film, trying to, trying to speak it in terms of what to expect. Uh, obviously, the message wasn't as, as well received as it needed to be, you know. And we we we, we got it handed to us today. Uh, so you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, I'll go back and look at the film and see what the takeaways are, uh, and then we'll try to get ourselves ready to go on the road and play uh, play St. Louis here on Tuesday. All right, Coach. Uh, please travel safe, and we'll talk to you then. Okay. All right, that, that will wrap it up here. And again, on behalf of Brooks Hall filling in for Bucky tonight, I'm Larry Hanskin. Uh, one more time, the final from Richmond was VCU 66 and Dayton 43. Now stick around for more of Flyer Feedback.
WHIO Dayton, WHIO FM, Pleasant Hill, a Cox Media Group station. Powered by Back to Business IT. Take care of your business. We'll take care of your IT. The Bud Light Post Game Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Brought to you by Bud Light, America's favorite light lager. Premier Health, proud to be the official health care provider for UD Athletics. Learn more at premierhealth.com slash sportsmed. Frickers, for over 30 years, has been the home of fun, food, sports, and spirits. CareSource, with health insurance from CareSource, you're covered in kindness. Vandalia Blacktop and Seal Coating, make your parking lot look great again. Go to vandaliablacktop.com to see how. And by Logan AC and Heat Services, the official heating and cooling partner of the UD Flyers helping fans stay comfortable all season long. The Bud Light Post Game Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. University of Dayton Basketball is a presentation of 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. The announcers for today's game were chosen in conjunction with the University of Dayton. Get up, Flyer fans. It's the show just for you. Flyer Feedback, presented by Bud Light. Flyer Feedback is brought to you by Flanagan's Pub on Stewart Street in Dayton. Stop by after the game for delicious food and 24 beers on tap. Bud Light, keep it crisp with Bud Light. Frickers, for over 30 years, has been the home of fun, food, sports, and spirits. And by Flyer Spirit. Stop on over to Flyer Spirit on Brown Street and show off your Flyer pride. Go UD. Call in with your comments or questions. 457-1290. Flyer feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. Hey, everybody. Oh, that was tough to watch, huh? Dayton the loser as the Flyers went to Richmond and VCU beat the brakes off Dayton. 66-43 VCU the final. It's John Bedell, it's John Tisdale, and you here for Flyer Feedback, and we thank you for being here with us for this group therapy session of Flyer Feedback tonight, Dayton fans. And I should mention that Tizzy, a Flyer Feedback investigation, has uncovered the highlights from this game. You want to hear them? Sure. All right, here they go. That's it. That's the highlights. Better than us singing End of the Road. Yeah, you don't want to hear us do boys to men no, karaoke. No, you don't. No, you don't. Boy, that was rough. And uh, I mentioned in the post game that the only thing I keep thinking here, and this is no disrespect to VCU, because you got to eat the you know what burger after this yeah, one because yeah. they just came in and just slapped you around like a bunch of rag dolls. Um, I can't take credit for this, but one of my friends tweeted it, which it was imagine how bad this would have been if VCU was any good. Which is funny because it's true. Hey, Flyer Feedback is sponsored by Flanagan's Pub and Bud Light, and Flanagan's on Stewart Street is now hiring. They're currently completing upgrades to create that same Flyer faithful experience you've grown accustomed to since 1976. Want to join the team? Apply at flanagansdayton at gmail.com. Look, Tizzy, the offensive ineptitude in this game was quite literally historic. The Flyers today tied, tied a school record for fewest points scored in a half with 13 that's a effort, a level of futility that they have not put in in more than a decade. We have to yeah. go back to the second to last year of the Brian Gregory era here at UD to find a half that was this putrid offensively for the Flyers. Dayton also scored 13 in the first half against number 20 Temple. 
on February 24th of 2010. That game ended up being a 49-41 loss uh, for Dayton, and the only added perspective for that one was at least that was sort of one of those slow, grinded-out sort of games where the Owls only scored 19 in that first half against Dayton. Uh, But this loss, to me, Tizzy, smacks of not only that Temple game in the winter of 2010, but also one of the non-conference games that following fall uh, in Brian Gregory's last year here Mm -hmm. at Dayton, where they had that absolute all-time of a clunker Uh, against Cincinnati down at UC uh, that fall. mm Mm-hmm. Yep, uh, that was 34 points, November 27th, 2010. How bad was it? John, we weren't even doing the show in this building. We were still at our old place on uh, 1414 Wilmington. That's how long ago that was. Yeah, that's how long ago it was. But look, anyway, you slice it, Dayton did not play well at all. It's just really the bottom line. And it's Flyer fans, we're not feeling that good right now. And uh, look, VCU's got every right to. They did... They took it to the Flyers. They took Dayton to the woodshed, and it was this was a woodshed game. Um, yep. And they just – and the thing is, it's not about, John, to me, that you lose. If you lose and you're given as well, it's how you lose. That That's the way that I look at that. It's just that Dayton couldn't get anything going offensively, number one, and because every time it, you, you, it's, it's like it seemed there were like three or four guys, VCU guys, around around – and they couldn't get to the basket. It seemed like Jalen was doubled or triple teamed consistently throughout the game. And the only guy that had success on the interior was was Jordy, who had who had 10 points. I think it was a career high. And Zimmy and Mulcahy had 10 points. But also, on the other side of it, VCU was just killing them on the offensive boards. And they weren't lighting it up either. I think they went over five minutes in the second half without a uh, without a field goal. And the only guy who I thought played well offensively for them from Bone, was Bones Highland, and he's good. Don't get me wrong, 28 points, and there was just no answer. But VCU's defense, uh, we called it last year the midcourt version of Havoc. And I think Larry and Brooks said, John, throughout the broadcast, this was very similar to last year's game, because at least the tempo-wise, because defensively it was, but because but it just Dayton just couldn't get anything going offensively, just minus a few, because... No Rodney Chapman in this game. You had no uh, Dwayne Cohill, and obviously the depart the graduations of uh, Mike Sell and Landers, and of course Obi Toppin is now playing in the NBA. But just uh. well, it smacked of the 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 kind of game you see, not the kind of game. This smacked of the pace you see when these two teams get together in yeah, Richmond, yeah, and that's historically what I meant. The pace. this is not. Right. A venue where Dayton teams go to do real well because they have only I've only seen them win at VCU twice. Both yes. times have been since they came into the A10 when, when VCU did. Obviously, Correct. Dayton tis the, the the game you just mentioned. Dayton won last year for just the second time at VCU since the Rams came into the A10, 66-61. Uh, that was uh, earlier this year, about this time last year. And then obviously Dayton just boat raced VCU 79-65 at UD Arena. Yeah last year, but that 66-61 win at VCU was the first time Dayton had won at VCU since the Archie Miller era. Archie only went there and won there once right. in February of 2015. Since, yeah. you know, between throughout the years as VCU has joined the league, Dayton has gone there to lose in 2017, 2018, 2019, and now this year. So historically, it's not a place that Dayton does real well, but still, this kind of effort is hard to 
hard to swallow. And here's what I keep thinking of, too, is that I remember Larry saying after the Fordham loss, or was it after the LaSalle? It was one of those two. But I'm pretty sure it was a LaSalle loss now that I think about it because uh, he just would not have said this after Fordham. That losing to this kind of loss, and he was talking about LaSalle, does not have to define Dayton's season, but how they respond to it will define their season. Right, but here's the problem. These kind of losses keep stacking up now for this Dayton team. Really bad, inexcusable losses against Fordham and against LaSalle, even though the LaSalle game looks slightly better than it did back then because they've now went and nabbed a win at Richmond. It's not a whole lot better than yeah. it was. It still is just awful. And those two losses together, and even on their own, remove Dayton from the postseason conversation at oh, this yeah. point. Oh, yeah. um, but now you've got a third loss that is equally frustrating in a different kind of way. I mean, you get shellacked by a VCU team that is, yeah, I mean, they're okay, but they're yeah. not that good. No. I mean, I, they're, not, they're also not LaSalle and Fordham bad, no. but it's not like these guys are world beaters. And now you turn around, and you got no rest for the weary because you're playing a St. Louis team that, when clicking, is far and away the best team in the league this year. Absolutely. But this is a Billikens team that, because of COVID issues within the program, hasn't played since two days before Christmas and only returned to the practice floor on Thursday. So who knows how that's going to play out Tuesday, yeah. but... Boy, you got this kind of effort against the Billikens, Tiz. I don't care how long it's been since they've played or practiced. You're going to get your butts beat again. Yeah, and, yeah. and remember last year, <laughs> Dayton was very fortunate to win that game last year at the buzzer in overtime, thanks to Jalen. To Jalen, and uh, there's no, and they they were down for much of that game, and before and Dayton was able to get the lead at the end of regulation, and then St. Louis forced overtime. Look, I'll just take, I'll just even take that in overtime at this point uh, after uh, after tonight. But, and let's also keep this in perspective. Each time, and you mentioned this during the Bud Light postgame show, whenever Dayton and VCU play, usually you've got eight, an eight, ten, NCAA uh, tournament bid on the line. A-10 regular season championships on the line. That is not the case this year. It is not. Now, maybe it will be VCU could still have a shot at top four. Dayton is not in that picture. It was the exact opposite coming into today's game. You look at Dayton for this year. The guys with the, the most experience was Jalen Crutcher, Ibby Watson, and Jordy. And the guys that have just started to play, Elijah Weaver was inserted to the lineup against Davidson. You've got Mustafa Amzil, who just started playing six games ago against LaSalle. R.J. Blakeney just back from injury. Kobe Brea, um, he, he's only played in six games. You've got Moo, who who plays limited minutes. Luke Frazier, John, played his first minutes of the season tonight. So that's the thing also. And the five freshmen on the floor finished the game. So while you're trying to see trying to see if to win games, you're trying to make sure that the young guys are getting playing time to see what you got for going forward in the future for uh, the next uh, year or so. Well, and there's your perspective for this one. When... When our move of the game was Anthony and his staff playing the youngins for the last four minutes of the game, that gives you a perspective about how bad this thing was. Yeah. Because do Jalen Crutcher and Ibby Watson need rest? I have to correct myself. I said they were second and third in the country in their minutes. Jalen's actually leading the country in minutes played yeah. right now. Ibby Watson is third. So they're first and third, not second and third. Do those two need rest? Sure. And that's fine and whatever that they got four minutes of rest. But... Uh, it does not beat the alternative. You'd rather be in this game and playing those guys down the stretch Absolutely. to try and win this thing. Absolutely. Instead, they're sitting because they got blowed 
out in Richmond today. Just, mm-hmm. I mean, got their doors blown off almost immediately. I mean, Tiz, I, they were in such a deep hole so quickly. I think it was their heads were spinning. I mean, they're down 13 at the under 12. You've been playing for four minutes, yeah. eight minutes, and you're already down 13. Yeah. You're down 15 at the under eight. Yep. And then at halftime, you're at a 20-point hole, and you really, not even really, they did not, they did not make a run in the second half. No. And you get beaten by 23. And that's that's what's frustrating is because this is becoming a season that I think is becoming increasingly hard to swallow for Dayton fans. And look, I get it. I get it. It, it, it comes immediately on the heels of the season of dreams. It, the last spring was tough for all of us having this th- that season. It's It was like when we got that NCAA tournament just canceled because of this pandemic, this awful pandemic. Tiz, that is like hitting a brick wall going at 150 miles an hour. Yeah. Nobody saw it coming. No. And it just, boop, there goes the one seed, the chance at the Final Four, all these things that everybody predicted. And it was uh, it was a time of mourning for Dayton fans to get over how that season ended. And I think there was certain numbers of the fan base that expected this year to pick up right where last year left off. It became yeah. pretty clear pretty quickly that was not going to be the case um, but I also didn't expect, and I don't think a lot of Dayton fans expected, the way this season has no. manifested itself so far with the two clunkers against Fordham and LaSalle. And now, as I mentioned, this loss being just about as frustrating in a different kind of way. This this is a lot of head-scratching and difficult-to-swallow loss for Dayton fans. And if you're just frustrated and really upset at the way this season has gone, you know, I don't know what to tell you. It's, you know, other than I feel you because – it's tough to watch at times, man, and I don't yeah. know. And I don't think there's a whole lot of people hanging on that, that thinks this team's got an at-large and at-large uh, conversation, but I'm here to tell you that that's long gone, and oh, if you still absolutely. hold on to hope of an at-large NCAA tournament berth, Mm-mm. I just don't know what to tell you because you yeah. are living in an unreality uh, that is just not this team's situation. I don't think there's many Dayton fans left thinking that, but if you are, yeah. uh, you need to adjust your line of thinking Absolutely. and take off those UD yeah. red rose-colored sunglasses and, you're looking at this season through. Remove yeah. that lens. And real quick, John, before we go to the break, and this, we and I got to look into the future. Rodney Chapman is still out because of uh, because of his injury. At you know, he's still I think got another year of eligibility left. Do you even think about? bringing him back if he's healthy to me I don't think it would make sense I think the young guys need to get the more playing time and develop that to me is what I think would make more sense do we need to start talking about that or do you hold him off until he's healthy because Dwayne Cohill isn't playing this year do you maybe hold off and say Rodney you know what Rest up for next year. I mean, well, that- and I don't know if Rodney's coming back for next year. I, I think, I mean, we don't have any inside information on what he plans to do. I've yeah. always just assumed he would come back and, and play it out and just move on. I mean, he, he could come back next year if he wants to. I don't know if he's going to do that. But yeah. the point being, how about that for some perspective, Tiz, that the point of the year we're at, this season has gone in such a manner that here we are on January 23rd saying that from here on out, it might be more about finding out what you got from these young guns who are going to be around next year. Yeah. How about that? I don't think that that is a way that anybody thought this Dayton season would go, but here we are before we even turn the calendar away from January, and that is the boat we're all in. Mm -hmm. How about them, Apples? It's amazing, folks. Amazing. It's John Bedell. It's John Tisdale here with you for Flyer Feedback. Dayton the Loser 66-43, the home stretch of this award-winning radio program on the other side, right here on the home of the Flyers. This is Flyer Feedback. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. You're listening to Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. 
Dayton's News and Talk. Call with your questions and comments now. 457-1290. Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. It's John Bedell, John Tisdale, and you here for Flyer Feedback. We are coming to you live from our Dayton studios after a 66-43 Dayton Flyers drubbing at the hands of the much-hated VCU Rams. Flyer Feedback is sponsored by Flanagan's Pub and Bud Light. And Flanagan's on Stewart Street is now hiring. They are currently completing upgrades to create that same Flyer faithful experience you've grown accustomed to since 1976. Want to join the team? Apply at flanagansdayton at gmail.com. Well, Tizzy, this was a clunker for the record books. It was mm-hmm. literally historic for this Dayton team. Somebody jumped in my mentions on Twitter at WHIO earlier, and when I was joking about whether if we could get the hold of uh, the copyrights, uh, if we do the show or if we just play the Benny Hill Yakety Sax theme or End of the Road by Boys to Men for the full hour <laughs> instead of doing this. Yeah. And they asked if we had a classic replay. Well, we do have a classic replay tonight. Tonight's UD classic replay is the 2010 NIT title game against USC. I guess that qualifies as a classic. Uh, You have to go back to that 2010 season to find the last time a Dayton Flyers team was this futile in its efforts offensively in a half. Dayton tied a school record for fewest points scored in a half. You've got to hop on the way back machine, John Tisdale, and go all the way back to February 24th of 2010 when Mm -hmm. the Dayton Flyers scored an equal number of 13 points in the first half against number 20 Temple at the Lyacorus Center there in Philadelphia with Fran Dunphy at the time and his Temple Owls. It's been 11 years since Dayton was this inept Uh, offensively in a half of basketball. Yeah. Wasn't fun that night, and uh, (laughs) it's not much better tonight. But uh, um, look... I mean, we're both at the uh, speechless part of the uh, show as we are nearing. We've got about the last two minutes as we come. Look, um, I, you know, as we look at the bottom line about this one, now it's about what's this team going to do next? You know, you know, how do they bounce back? You know, now you got to get ready for it. Now you're on St. Louis, and that's really the bottom line. Um, you know, you fall to eight and four tonight, four and three in conference play. You know, we, we, you heard from Coach Grant afterwards. I mean, just. There isn't much. As, there really wasn't a whole lot for him really to add uh, to me, John. When I was hearing him, I mean, I'm, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, he didn't pull any punches. He was not happy with this one. And how can you blame him? That he just yeah. said that in the first half, they, you know, when Larry said they didn't play well, Anthony turned around and said, "Well, us not playing well is an understatement. We got outplayed." Um, and he said that they couldn't. They simply just could not generate any offense in the first half, and VCU took advantage of it. Well, they couldn't generate any offense in the second half either, and the result is a 66-43, 23-point blowout in a game that didn't even feel that close. And as we mentioned, tis no rest for the weary. And you turn around and play a St. Louis team that, when they're right, they are, to me, for my money, head and shoulders the best team in this league. Now, the perspective for Tuesday is this is a Billikins team that, as of today, has not played a game in a month. Yeah. The last time they played was a month ago today on December 23rd, and they've had to hit the pause button for a long time because yeah. of COVID tests within the program, and they just returned to the practice floor after put uh, hitting the pause button on Thursday. Yeah, But I don't know. I mean, the kind of effort that you, you give tonight and the, the give a you-know-what being level being through the floor, I mean, this will get you blown out. I don't care how long it's been since St. Louis has played or practiced. 
This will get you run out of the Chaffetz Arena on Tuesday night against the Billikens, Tizzy. Look, if you thought that uh, VCU, we were impressed with Bones Highland tonight. I wasn't impressed much more by them offensively. St. Louis is currently 11th in the NCAA in field goal percentage. This, to me, St. Louis is the team to beat. I thought they were the team to beat in the Atlantic 10 to start the year. I'm even more convinced. And you know they're going to be ready to go to get back on the court. And they are going to want – you thought that you thought VCU put Dayton out on the woodshed tonight, folks? St. Louis is going to look to double that. Well, Bones Highland is a dude. Another dude is. is Jordan Goodwin. He oh, is yeah. really good. He's first team all A-10 good. He'll be in the running for player of the year good. Absolutely. And last year, Colorado and Kansas excluded. This St. Louis bunch was the closest anybody – anybody got to beating this Dayton team. They yep. The Billikens gave Dayton fits both times last year, even sure with did. Obi Toppin and Mike Sell and Crutcher, uh, you know, Landers and all those guys. Day- St. Louis is a team that plays a style of ball, and they are physical, tis, and they will just throw you around Absolutely. and just beat your rear end, man. They are really tough. But, they really are. And what, for perspective real quick, big picture here, what does it say about this season that here we are in January 23rd and thinking more about – you know, what can these young guys show you down the stretch yeah. instead of looking at a postseason? I mean, that's that's what this has come to yeah. at certain points this season, and that's yeah. eye-opening. So, one more time, Dayton a loser, 66-43. Our next game is Tuesday. The Bud Light pregame show starts at 8. Larry Hanskin has the call at 8.30. No flyer feedback after Tuesday night's game. So, we will see you on the radio Tuesday, Flyer fans. Until then, I'm John Tisdale. And I'm John Bedell saying thanks for listening, everybody. Stay well and go, go Flyers. Flyers.